sing that again. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Spirit. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit.
Let's bow before the God that saves. Lord God, we come before you, and we just give you all praise and glory and honor. Obviously, this song, uh, we give you thanks because of the salvation that you give. But Lord, even above and beyond that, had you never given us one thing, you were still deserving of all the praise and all the glory that we could possibly bring. And so, Lord, we want to bring that this morning and uh, honor you, worship you in spirit and in truth. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, be seated there, please. Um, so today, uh, we would like for you to uh, fill out one of these connection cards, little blue cards, so please uh, fill that out. You can either put it in the offering plate later, or you can take it to the connection uh, area out there in the lobby, and uh, prayer cards are available for you as well. Uh, just a, a quick note, um, Pastor Philip is preaching up at Joel Hayworth Church in Salem, Missouri this morning. And so uh, our very own missions pastor, Blake, is uh, going to be sp- uh, pre- speaking, preaching this morning. Uh, by the way, Blake, are you, are you doing all of your outline? Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, sometimes a pastor says, I'm not going to do all my outline, you know. And, and so Blake's going to do all of his. I know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do all of mine, okay? And uh, so just keep that in mind during Pastor Appreciation Month, and I'm just saying. Uh, so, and uh, please uh, be aware of, of uh, One Banner tonight, and, uh, and so thank you for sending the committee of, of, of Bill Craig to tell me that the music was too loud this morning. I, I wanted it to be too loud so you could hear the CD that we produced, the One Banner CD. Uh, those are for sale. And so now you're saying, well, if it's that loud, I'm not going to buy it. But you, you don't have to play it that loud. You see what I'm saying? But anyway, so we would love for you to come to One Banner. And uh, also know, though, that, uh, and we apologize for putting two things on the calendar at once, but also the Tri-County uh, um, meeting is tonight as well over at, over at Hopedale. So choose between one of those and, and be a part of worship tonight, okay? So uh, we appreciate if you do that. Hey, let's, uh, let's sing some songs that focus on the Lord. Uh, Blake's going to be talking about prayer, and a lot of our songs today talk about bowing, bowing in the presence of God. And so uh, this song is certainly one of those before the throne of God.
remember once more what Jesus did for us. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace go deep and wide.
Lord God, we come before you now in this time of uh, offering and tithes, and we just sang a phrase, I owe all to you, and, and we certainly do, and, and Lord, uh, we know we can never outgive you, and so we're not going to try, but we do want to say, Lord, we want to try to be obedient to what your word says, and it says uh, to give uh, proportionately to what you blessed us with, and so Lord, we pray that each and every one within the sound of my voice would, would give in a way that would be worthy of, uh, of the gift that you've given us, Lord, worthy uh, to show that, that we truly believe and trust fully in you. Uh, Lord, and we know you don't need our money, but you, but we need to uh, show obedience. And uh, and so, Lord, we uh, just pray that each and every dime that's given will go to further your kingdom, to the glory of your great name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. with us as the choir and orchestra and Ann shares with us this song, My Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit about the, the way this song came to be this morning. I was assuming that uh, Brother Philip would still be going through Ephesians and I wanted to sing this song. It's like, well, you can't go wrong with speaking about Jesus, right? So, but then I find out that uh, Blake is going to be sharing with us and, and sorry to steal your thunder, brother, but his second point is prayer for the advancement of the gospel. Well, how does the gospel advance? Let me tell you about Jesus, right? And so God just did it again. And so praise the Lord. Here's my Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises all from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he will do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away the tears? Who can dreams and wasted years until the past to disappear? Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you.
Are you done, David? Okay. Okay. We have to ask him that a lot in staff meeting. Are you done, David? David can't tell a story very fast, I'm just telling you. No. So, uh, somehow it ends up with uh, Adam and Eve and starts all the way up through, I don't know how it works, but that's okay. But you are lucky because he did tell you my second point of the sermon, and uh, several people, especially over here in the brass, has told me that the Chiefs are on at noon today, and frankly, I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, I get to preach one time a year, and so you get it all right here, baby. So, we are, we are good. So... I am uh, grateful and thankful for the opportunity to be here today. Pastor is uh, at Joel's church, and uh, he's, he's um, um, preaching there. Yesterday afternoon, I got to go to Salem and do a missions conference, and then Joe, uh, uh, Pastor Philip did a men's conference last night, and uh, he's preaching there this morning. And so um, we did rock, paper, and scissors, and so you got me, and so there you go. But I, I am glad to, to be here. Um, Today we're going to take um, a passage out of Colossians chapter 4, and so you can make your way there, and we'll get there in just a few minutes. But uh, uh, I wanted to start today by just saying we live in a fast-paced society. Uh, We are so busy today. We're busier today than uh, we ever, I think, have been. Um, We feel like we have to be going all the time. Um, It's fun each year when we get ready to do Upward. And uh, I, still, I start getting requests from parents, and uh, uh, they say, um, what are your practice days? And I say, well, we practice on Mondays, Tuesdays, or Thursdays, and uh, we'll get something like this. Well, Mondays is not very good. We have karate. And on Tuesdays, we have scouts. Now, Wednesdays, we have church, but if you can get me on Thursday at 6, between me picking up child A and child B... That would be a great time for me to to jump in there. Can anybody relate, right? (laughs) Several years ago, an automaker previewed a new minivan coming out. I never did see it actually come out, but I just saw it uh, on the Internet one day. But it was, I think it was Chrysler. They they did a minivan, and they did a, a minivan with the two captain chairs in the front. And then in the back was a round table with four captain's chairs. And they kind of pushed it out there to say you could stop get your supper, have dinner together as a family as you're going from point A to point B. And each of the four captain's chairs was, was set up with its own gaming and video system. And so your kids wouldn't argue about what you're going to watch. And I thought, how many parents and families spend time, that much time in a vehicle? A bunch, right? But you could have supper together and have a good time together. We schedule ourselves from sunup to sundown. And we are busier today, and uh, so today's question is this, how is your family, but more than that, how is your individual schedules look? Well, our society needs to stay busy, and you know, you, you don't have to look very far, and you can find an activity for you, your family, to be involved in. Uh, if you're looking at sports, you can play a church league, you can play school league, you can play a recreational league, you can play a competitive league, or you can play a travel league. And uh, most sports now used to run in seasons, but now they run pretty much six months to a year, year-round. The latest survey out I, I found on, on the other day was uh, 2% of, of high school athletes will ever go on to, to play in a D1 school. But we put so much time, energy, and effort into 
putting our kids into such a busy schedule and a busy life because maybe our kid is the one that's going to make the scholarship. Are we going to miss it? Are we, are, we, are, we, are we too busy? But maybe my kid is one of the 2%, and so let's go ahead and do that. We want the best teams, and so we'll get the best coaches, the best tutors, the best whatevers to make our kid the very best that they can be. Now, now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not picking on sports, okay? You can go into hunting. You can go into fishing. You can go into any activity today that is vying for our time today like nothing, uh, as, as nothing in times past. We'll place our, our money and our time and our energy into activities and events that we see as important. If you look on your calendars today and your checkbooks today, you'll see what is important in the life of yourself and in your family because of the money and the time that you spent. You'll spend time preparing for the big game. You'll spend time getting ready for that one game that maybe I can make the big difference in. A wise man once told me that uh, practice does not make perfect. Do you know who might have said that? Yeah? But perfect practice makes perfect. And perfect practice makes permanent. And so we want to practice and practice and practice so that we can be the very best that we can be. How you practice determines how you play. So again, I'll ask, what does your family schedule look like? Our walk with Christ is so important today. And how you budget your time and everything is so important. But have you, have you really thought about how do you budget your spiritual discipline of time with the Lord? You know, we'll, we'll budget everything in life. And if we have anything left over, we'll give it to God. We've kind of got our, our priorities and, and everything backwards. Because one day, you won't be able to play the sport that you just love right now. But your walk with Christ will go forever. But how much of that do we put on the back row saying, oh, we'll get to it someday? When I used to work with students, it was so fun because they said, Blake, our life right now in high school is so busy. I'll, 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 I'll get this quiet time and, and, and discipline thing down when I get to, when I get to college. <laughs> and then you talk to college students and they say, I'll get this discipline thing down when I get married. Doesn't work that way either. Oh, but I'll get this discipline that when I get my kids because I want to make sure life never slows down. And how you discipline yourself today will affect every part of your life from here on. And so practice does make permanent. We have to schedule ourselves, and I hate to say it that way, but you have to schedule yourself for your spiritual disciplines as well. Are you spending time with the Lord? How are you doing in that aspect of life? And it is hard to do in our fast-paced, busy world that we live in, in a, in a time that is competing uh, for, for every minute of every day. Will you ever have time to get your habits and everything scheduled. It takes a while to schedule a habit and to get into a habit of something. And I, I, I shared this yesterday in, in Salem, but 
When I was 12 years old, I made the most important decision in my life, and that was to follow Christ. But it wasn't until the age of 17 that actually somebody said, are you doing this, are you doing this, are you doing this? I had no idea that you were supposed to be doing this. And what does that mean? They said, when we, when we were going from my junior year to my senior year in high school, our high school mission trip, you guys need to tell Jeffrey this, was to Hawaii. <laughs> yes. People in Hawaii need Jesus too, right? <laughs> and so I, I just thought it was the thing to do. So I signed up for the mission trip. And our youth pastor came to me and said, if you want to go, you have to spend daily time with the Lord. You have to journal. You have to memorize so many passages of scripture. You have to, to know how to present the gospel. And I went, I've had five years of my life and nobody's ever told me that this is part of it, right? And so you have to schedule those things in because even to this day, I wrestle with time management because I have to put those things in. Some people, it comes natural. But for others like myself, you have to schedule yourself to be uh, disciplined enough to take care of your spiritual disciplines. So today we're going to look at Colossians chapter 4, 2 through 4. And so let's, let's read uh, those passages together. It says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, uh, being, watchful in it and being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us the door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which I ought to speak. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for this day that we can come and worship. We are thankful for your word. I pray, Father God, that these will not just be words in a book, but they'll be words that we'll take to heart, that we'll be able to uh, take and learn and, and, and apply. Uh, Father God, that uh, we will be able to, to see uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit change in our lives because uh, of the time we spent in worship today. So, Lord, we just pray that you would bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at the book of Colossians, most scholars believe that it was written in around uh, A.D. 62. Uh, we know that Paul was the writer, and we also know that Paul was in prison. Uh, the first part of Colossians uh, talks about uh, false teachings, and it goes into the latter part of the importance of Christian living. Uh, Paul's final instructions here in chapter 4 focuses on prayer. And so verse, uh, verse 2 of chapter 4 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer. The NIV says, Devote yourselves to pray. Uh, Dr. Whitney in his book, um, The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, states that the second most important spiritual discipline is prayer, putting it second only to the Word of God. But how, how much do we not take that time and, and spend in the word and spend in prayer. Simply put, uh, prayer is just conversing with God. To converse with somebody, you must talk and listen. Uh, do you, and do, but do you realize how cool it is or how wonderful it is that we get to, to communicate with the creator of the universe? Wow. You know, you could... Um, want to, to talk to any political official today, high up, and they'd probably not get to talk to them today. But today, the creator of the universe, you could stop right now and pray, and he's listening. 24-7, never, never slumbers, never sleeps. He's there for us. But it's, a, it's such an important tool 
that we sometimes as Christians don't take that tool out of our tool belt. You know, I can, I can look uh, pretty construction-wise and, and have every tool possible in my tool belt, but if I never take it out, it's no good to me. And how important it is that we take the, the tool of prayer and use it in our daily lives. You know, you, you look at Scripture, and if you, if you flip over to Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 35, uh, it talks about this. And rising every early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to desolate desolate place, and there he prayed. <laughs> if Jesus escaped and went to a desolate place and prayed, how much more important it for us as followers of Christ to stop and pray and spend time with the Father. Another one comes out of Luke chapter 22. I don't know if it's the pulpit or me. I won't, maybe I won't touch it. What's this? That's how we do this. Watch it. Hey, Brad, we're going to go off of this. We're going to go to the pulpit. Then we'll know which one it is, right? There we go. In Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 30, uh, 39 to 30, at the 42 says this. And he came out and he went, and as, as it was his custom at the Mount of Olives, the disciples followed him, and he came to the place, and he said to him, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, may not be my will, but yours be done. We need to be praying. We need to be a praying people. Uh, it's so important for us, us to do that. It's so important for us to look at Scripture and see that even Jesus took time to spend time with his Father. It's important for us to realize how he prayed was not always, was really never, let my will be done, but your will be done, Father. That's how we need to be praying. And so when we sometimes don't understand life, it's because maybe we're praying for our will to be done and not the Father's. I also like 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where it says pray without ceasing. Our life should be that of a continued prayer time with the Father. It's such a powerful tool that we just need to pull out of our tool belt. Verse 2 continues with this. It says being watchful in it and with thanksgiving. What in the world does that mean? Being watchful is to see and take note how God answers prayer. You know so many times we pray. God answers, and we never say, thank you, God, for answering. We don't pause long enough to say, wow, he did answer that prayer. There's been periods in my life, as, as probably as with any of you all that have been a follower of Christ, that you come and you, you, you have good high times in, in, in your walk with Christ. And, and, and I went through a period several years ago, and I kept a prayer journal. And uh, I, I would list my prayers... And then go back and, and say, God answered this prayer. God answered this prayer. And so many times we forget how God answers prayer. Now again, I'll warn you, he may not answer them the way you want them to be answered. But he does answer prayer. We need to be thankful when God answers prayer. And uh, we need to, to praise him even in the eye of the storm when things make no sense to us. Verse 3 continues to say, at that same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, 
Now remember, Paul's in prison, okay? And uh, you can go back into Acts chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, when Peter's chains fell off in prison, right? If you read that passage, it says, Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. See, God could have removed the chains from Paul that day in prison. But he had a better and a higher calling for Paul for that day. See, God places us in strategic places at strategic times, not by accident. There is a reason that you're in the situation that you're in. There is a reason that you are maybe for some suffering. And you say, why am I suffering and somebody else is not suffering? There's a reason why you're suffering for, for this period of time. There's a reason that you live in the neighborhood that you live in. There is a reason that you're in the class that you're in. There is a reason why you're on the team that you're on. There is a reason why you have coworkers where you have coworkers. It's not by accident. See, Paul could have easily said, God just removed these chains and let me go. But, but Paul knew that he was there for a reason because he was going to be able to speak to the higher officials and to be able to explain and to talk about the gospel. So you got to remember that there is a reason that we are in every situation that we're in. In, in uh, July, we, we sent a team to Guatemala. And uh, one of the things that was really cool about this trip to Guatemala was this. Uh, we broke into three teams. We got there on Thursday. We broke into three teams on Friday. Two were building teams, and one was an evangelism team. So we went out. We got to the village where we were supposed to be. The two teams went uh, that were building went to our work sites to, to begin the construction, and the evangelism team uh, set out to visit families. Now, we were going to build 10 homes during this week, and uh, four of them were, were uh, already church members, already followers of Christ, but six of them were, were chosen by the, by the local pastor there, and the evangelism team went to, to start visiting those folks. Well, on that day, two of the families, two of the family members accepted Christ. See, there was a reason that our team, at a specific time, at a specific day, went because there was a divine appointment there. And see, what happens is tomorrow when you go to school, that's a divine appointment. There's a reason that you're there. Yes, it's to get good grades and to make your mom and dad happy. But the higher calling is to share the gospel. See, we were there at the right time, at the right place, and uh, to, 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 to share the gospel. And God, in his infinite wisdom and in his infinite time, used our team to draw people to himself. And two people became followers of Christ. So finally, in verse 4, Paul tells us to pray that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. You know, in my many years of ministry, here's what I hear the most. I don't share because I don't know what to say. Huh. There are 400 different 
witnessing books that you can go through. But I still don't know what to say. Well, let me tell you what to say. Pray, and the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit will, will put you in the right place at the right time with the right words. And it does not really matter how polished your presentation is. When the time is right, the time is right. Uh, there, there was a, a time um, when, when Sandy and Tim asked me to come to their house one day because Ryan, their, their little one, wanted to talk about Jesus. And we drew the plan of salvation in, a, in the sand out in the backyard. I didn't see that in the book. Okay? But the Lord just allowed me to, to do that using sand and dirt in the backyard. And uh, that's how the, the gospel was presented that day. Um, so we need to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yes, you need to know the gospel. You need to know the importance of, of how to lead somebody into the, the most important relationship. But here's the deal. We're not excused because we're not properly trained. Because none of us are properly trained. But you have to allow yourself to be open, to be used by the Holy Spirit, to be able to share the good news with Jesus Christ, of, of Jesus Christ. So even today, as, you, as you've come into this place, I know many of you all, and many of you all have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've come to the point in your life that you've, you've surrendered your life to Christ, and you are uh, a forever friend of Jesus Christ. You have eternity um, in, the, in the mirror coming, coming before you because you know without a shadow of a doubt that if today was your last day on earth that you would spend eternity in heaven. But let me tell you this today, that God loves you. And if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today his invitation is open to you. See, because there's one thing that all of us have in common in this room and that we're just messed up sinners it doesn't matter your race it doesn't matter your gender it doesn't matter any part we're all messed up sinners because we have broken a relationship with with Christ because of our sin but God prepared and and and, and has a way that a sinner man can have a relationship with the holy God and that's because of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ came lived a perfect life he died a death that we deserve but he didn't stay dead. My Jesus is alive, and he, is, he has gone to prepare a place for me. So today, my friend, if you've not asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, you can start that relationship today by just saying, Lord, I am a sinner, and where do I go from here? Repent and turn to Jesus. But here's the, here's the, here's the bad part for my brothers and sisters. For some of us, we've been followers of Christ for a long time. And we've not conditioned ourselves in the spiritual disciplines. And so we need to begin to work very, very hard on conditioning ourselves in the gospel, in the word, in, in our prayer life. Have anybody ever um, gone to a point that you, like like beginning of gardening season, and you begin to garden, um, and you, you wake up the next morning, and you feel bones that you didn't even know you had, muscles that you didn't even know you had. Or if you go from one sport to another sport, you use a different set of muscles, and you're going and you wake up the next day and go, oh, didn't know that was there. Sometimes our, our, our spiritual muscles need to be awakened just as well. 
And so some of us need to take those muscles and begin to use them again, or it may hurt. It may hurt because you may begin discovering things about God that he wants you to do and to be, um, who he wants you to witness to, how he wants you to live your life, and those muscles will begin to hurt, but that's, that's, that's a good thing. And what's really good about those muscles, if you, if you continue to use them, they, they, they kind of quit hurting after a while until you quit using them again, and then you kick them back into, into shape. So then, how do you put this all together? Um, you just want to uh, uh, prove in a sport or activity, you just start. So where do I start? You start at the beginning. You start wherever you are and, and make it and, and start at, 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 at this point. You can't go back and live back, back past times. You have to come to the point that you start and just begin now. You have to prepare for the game. You have to prepare to, to, to be ready. Okay? Now, bad analogy but I'm, I'm full of bad analogies. So you want to play football, okay? And so uh, um, I'm going to go to the first practice, and I'm going to get my uniform. I'm going to get everything I need to play football. And then I'm, I'm not going to show up on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not going to show up for the, the team meeting on Thursday night, but Friday I'm going to show up with my pads and everything ready to go. I'm going to say, coach, put me in. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. So what we have to do is condition ourselves and be part of the game, and then you get to be a part of the game. Okay? And so it's that way with the Christian life. You have to condition yourself. You have to, you have to continue to, to work at this thing called the Christian walk. It's something that, that you have to, to continue to do. So where do I begin? John Piper says it this way. John says, you pray often and you pray regularly. Prayer is not infrequent and prayer is not hit and miss. Being devoted to prayer means that you are not haphazard and you are not forgetful. It means you take steps to see that if it's part of your regular life like eating and sleeping are. Your disciplines become part of your everyday life. And for some of us, it may mean you have to get up early. It may mean that you have to stay up late. But you have to start where you are. There's some great examples in the Bible of how to do this. And so people think, well, I'm going to start my prayer life. So that means I'm going to get up early tomorrow and I'm going to pray for an hour. Well, it may not work that way. Okay? Or before I go to bed tonight, I'll pray. And you're going to get a little bit into it, and this is what it's going to look like. Right? So here's some examples of, of, of some folks in the Bible uh, if you use Daniel, uh, Daniel was a, was, a, was a great thing. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 says this. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now on the roof chamber. He had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he uh, continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God as he had been done previously. Okay? It's kind of like you just begin. Okay? A lot of times we make the mistake of, oh, I'm going to start reading the Word of God. So I'm going to read the, the whole book of John today. No, take a little bit at a time and, and work at it, right? And so you take a little bit of Scripture and you take a little bit of time. And then as, you, as your relationship changes with the Lord, you'll continue to, to want to, to even grow more in that relationship. 
I like Psalm 119, 164. It says this, seven times a day I praise you because you're righteous ordinances so maybe it's six times a day that you just you you pause and pray we learned in, in first thessalonians you pray continuously so maybe it's an all-day thing but but what you want to do is start you'll never you'll never do anything if you don't start right and so that's the that's the big thing and remember that prayer is just conversing with god and just just start conversing with him you get, to, you get to spend time with the creator of the universe. And so I think it's important that you take these steps and you learn them and you just take it one bite at a time. Today we're going to do a little bit different as we close. We're going to practice what we preach. We're going to practice what we hear. And we're going to be going in just a, a second. We're going to go off of, uh, of our, our live stream because we want to spend just a few minutes uh, just praying specifically. Um, um, we're going to be, be praying for some close countries and some opportunities that we have to, to witness around the world. And so what we want to do is, is pull off a live stream because some of the things that we'll pray about just doesn't need to be a, a live stream. So Jason, let me know when that, that's...